Welcome to Pipeline, Profiles in Philosophy and Education. I'm your host, Winston C. Thompson. Pipeline is a monthly short-form interview program focused on contemporary scholars. For more information and to subscribe to the podcast, please visit pipeline.fm. Pipeline is made possible by the generous support of the Education Department of the University of New Hampshire. This episode, we're joined by Michelle Moses, University of Colorado, Boulder. Michelle Moses, welcome. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Oh, I'm doing quite well. Thank you. Um, So let's get right into it. Uh, Perhaps you'd be so kind as to tell our listeners how you began doing philosophical work uh, on educational issues. Well, um, I was the first in my family to go to college. Um, and, you know, was very fortunate to be able to do so, but did not have a lot of information about the different disciplines. So I didn't know too much about disciplines beyond what was offered at my high school. So when I was in college, um, I was drawn pretty naturally, I think, to ethnic studies, and so that was my major. But I really didn't know a lot about really what philosophy was or even what sociology was. I learned some. Um, But then I was interested in um, continuing in work in education related to issues of opportunity and access for students of color um, and other marginalized students in higher education. So I went on to do a master's degree at the University of Vermont. And there I met a wonderful philosopher of education named Robert Nash. And I took my first philosophy course, which was philosophy of education, um, and really found you know, lots of sparks and um, things that really interested me and, you know, different perspectives and how, how to uh, look at different arguments and different issues through a philosophical lens. So that was my first taste of it. Um, at the time, I still, I didn't think that I would become a professor or, or engaged in scholarship in any way. I was interested in working with college students of color on campuses. So that's what I went on to do. I had a master's in higher education, but I just kept being interested in philosophy. I had an opportunity to co-teach a foundations course through my master's program and really got interested in teaching and sort of diving into those issues with students. And finally then decided that I, I wanted to you know make that a career, you know, as a faculty member. So applied for a doctoral program and was with with the with the nugget of interest in equality of educational opportunity. Ah, yes, yes, uh, equality of educational opportunity. Uh, But before we get there, let's take a step back. Now, you said that your undergraduate work was in ethnic studies, and then you transitioned uh, to education. But what was the link between those studies to the work that you're now doing in philosophy of education? Uh, What what was that connection there? Well, it was a very practical link. I got involved on campus. I went to the University of Virginia, um, and there are a lot of opportunities there for students to uh, participate in you know, leadership. And so I just got involved with, you know, a lot of different issues on campus and working with other students and, you know, peer advising and counseling and things like that, which led me on to that master's degree where I worked, you know, advising the different groups of students of color on campus, doing multicultural programming. Um, working with Upward Bound students okay. and summer programs. So that that's sort of what brought me to the education, education side. And I do think, you know, my own experiences, seeing education as a, a path mm-hmm. toward a different kind of life than my parents had, 
you know, obviously that made me very hopeful. Now, my studies, well, sure. right, introduced me um, to, to realities and that not all students had those opportunities. So that's what really made me want to mm. work on those issues. Yes. I could fully understand how that tension between hope and experienced reality might uh, serve as good motivation for your work. Now, uh, in, in, in what sorts of ways does your work take up, I guess, these ideas and perhaps related issues? So I think I'm a very uh, policy-centered mm. philosopher of education, um, and I have never strayed from really um, kind of the main strand of issues of equality of educational opportunity. Mm. So that is what I'm very interested in. I think I take the lens of democratic theory most often in my work um, and have worked on issues related to race-conscious education policy most centrally from my dissertation. Sure you know, a few years ago till, to now. Um, and I am currently working on two projects, mm -hmm. one about affirmative action around the world where I'm working with scholars from different nations mm -hmm. to really think about the different justifications mm -hmm. and rationales for affirmative action in different nations and how those might be the same or differ across different contexts. And we, we've tried to, I'm, I'm you know, collaborating with others on this project. And we've tried to really look at some nation's affirmative action programs that are sort of off the beaten path. So most typically people look at the United States or Brazil or South Africa, which of course we are looking at as well, but other nations that maybe, um, you know, haven't been in the limelight of affirmative action with big controversial federal programs, but smaller, more local programs and how those play out in different contexts, like in, you know, Nigeria or in the UK, for example. Um, so that's been a really interesting project. My other, maybe more centrally philosophy of education project is work on moral disagreement about race-conscious education policy. So I'm sort of at the middle to end stages of, a, of my own kind of big project on that, trying to really figure out how to make sense of the nature of the deep moral disagreement about race-conscious policies in the United States mm -hmm. and why the debates, the discord, the disagreements continue even as, you know, we have Supreme Court decisions, right, yeah. that tell us what's constitutional, tell us, you know, guide us with what's permitted on university campuses. I'm, I'm mostly interested in university admissions. Um, and yet we still have, you know, these deep, uh, contentious debates. And so I'm trying to figure out, yeah, you know, yes, racism is at play. I mean, there are certain ideological and political differences. Um, but what more deeply, what underlies those differences? Because if, if you examine the debates, you'll see both sides, both proponents and opponents of race-conscious policy using some of the same terms, right? Sure. Diversity, yeah. everyone loves diversity, sure. right? Uh -huh. Equality, yes, yeah. everyone's for equality. equality. Exactly. Um, so I'm, you know, in this project, I'm really trying to dig in and figure out, you know, what are those different interpretations of those key democratic ideals and how can we understand and, you know, and think about, you know, what are some methods and ways that we might get to, I'm not going to say more agreement, but uh, deeper mutual understanding. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that's fascinating. Now, um, 
you know, it seems to my mind as though that work is uh, extraordinarily timely work, given some of the court cases and decisions that you mentioned and the pushback in the public uh, discourse and so forth. But uh, beyond that, that very timely work, uh, uh, what do you think lays ahead for either questions in those domains or uh, in the field of philosophy and education more broadly? Um, well, I-, I can talk about my work probably more easily. Um, so I think the, the next project that I have begun work on with some of my doctoral students is, you know, it's all well and good <laughs> which to do things that I've done before, which is, you know, make arguments for policies that I believe to be just and necessary, um, or try and figure out sort of what these, um, you know, debates are all about, what the interpretations are of these ideals. Um, but in the end, you know, we still have students who are struggling in schools, right? And we need affirmative action for a variety of, of social reasons, right? Because, uh, you know, students of color are often not getting the kind of education that they deserve, the kind of education that they should be getting. So next for me is looking at, you know, some programs in the at the K through 12 level that are working to provide low-income students, students of color, um, English language learners with increased opportunities. And so um, philosophically, I'm interested in the connection between some different concepts, such as, you know, from sociology, this idea of social and cultural capital, right? And how that connects with how theorists within philosophy or democratic theorists are thinking about things like the social context of choice. Mm -hmm. Um, Concepts from really coming out of more international development work, like the notion of adaptive preferences. So I'm, you know, in the context of kind of a a larger mixed philosophical and empirical project, Mm -hmm. um, trying trying to look at how these concepts are connected and related and how they can help us make sense of how to better provide opportunities in really meaningful and just ways for um, marginalized students. Ah, yes, of course. Interesting, interesting. Now, uh, my sense is that many of our listeners perhaps have some uh, understanding of what might be meant by social and cultural capital. But when you talk about the social context of choice, when you talk about adaptive preferences, uh, what exactly do you mean by that language? Uh, What do you mean by uh, adaptive preferences, for instance? Um, uh, Surely when someone makes a choice, it is their choice and uh, it evidences their preferences. No? Yes, they're individual choices, but they always occur within the social context, right? So that the the social milieu, the environment, the circumstances um, in which students grow up, right, affect even their knowledge of what choices and what options are available for their lives, right? So it's a sense of the different sense of possibility, right, that students might have for their future, for their education, for their future beyond education. So there's this idea that, you know, people people could make an argument that, for example, this student wants to go to community college, right? And that is a, you know, certainly could be a fine choice. Um, but what in that student's environment and social context has has provided um, the opportunities to learn about different options? So if if that is all you see around you, um, or even you know not going to college at all, right? Or you know just as an example. Um, then we could understand how someone's preferences and choices, right, might be adapted 
to what they see as what is possible. Sure. So that is a, a notion um, that I'm playing with right now that I think is sort of interesting in thinking about students' opportunities. Ah, yes, bringing us right back, perhaps, to your earlier stated interest in equality of educational opportunity. You've given us a lot to think about. Thanks so very much, Michelle Moses. Yes, thank you so much. For more information and to review previous episodes, please visit www.pipeline.fm. A very special thanks to Moby for use of his song, Summer, as our theme.